Next on BYU Sports Nation, false alarm, guard Jasheer Hardnett back with BYU basketball. What did the head coach say about his status tonight and the future of BYU hoops? 17-plus tonight, and the football transfer list is piling up. Is this a big deal or no deal? Plus, Sean Olmstead will join us, the head coach of BYU men's volleyball, as they host a top-10 showdown tonight. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, January 10th, wherever and however you're connected. Yes. For the first time in a long time at home. 29 days. Men's volleyball, too. Double ball night. Basically a month for BYU basketball. Yeah, huge night for BYU men's volleyball. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who reigns supreme in the NCAA transfer portal, Jerem Jordan. Nice that the NCAA has this now where uh, coaches can come and find and see who's available. Because a few years ago, you remember David Collette transferred from Utah State. But Utah State listed him two inches shorter than he actually was (laughs) on their roster to mess with him which is not cool at all. So he ends up at Utah, has a, has a good career there, a guy that you know, BYU had looked at previously. But I'm glad that they, this exists. And we'll dive into kind of the football transfers and that, uh, that list is growing a little bit and uh, whether that's a big deal or no deal. Yeah, how do you accidentally list a guy two inches shorter you than he really is? You don't accidentally do that. Come on. I know they just got typewriters in Logan, but come on. Shots fired across the bow. Here's today's show lineup. How does having guard Jasheer Hardnett available for tonight's BYU game help the Cougars? Steve Cleveland joins us in 15 minutes. He'll give us his take. And we are contractually obligated to give our and one picks in roughly 30 minutes. I'm excited about this. Well, you just got your first one. And you did well in your football season projection. So you've got a good thing going. Well, I did miss my last one, too. Focus on the good. Glass half full. Well, I'm... I am, but I'm also aware of everything else. <laughs> and as mentioned, head coach Sean Olmstead joins us in studio on a game day. Top 10 showdown with Ohio State. What does he expect from the Buckeyes? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball will host the Portland Pilots. Head coach Dave Rose says Jasheer Hardnett will be available for tonight's game. Putting a Jasheer and I on talk everything. every week, and we have long conversations, and We've, we've got a, a really good relationship as far as understanding each other. And uh, I, I know exactly uh, what he wants, and he knows exactly what I want. And uh, we're both committed to the same thing. So uh, looking forward to you know, moving on. It's always nice to be on the same page. Coverage of tonight's game begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio, 9 Eastern. Watch it live on BYU TV. More on the whole situation coming up. Yoli Childs is on the Lute Olsen Award midseason watch list given to the nation's best player. Childs is averaging 21 points per game and 10 rebounds. BYU center Jacob Jimenez announced via his Twitter feed that he will transfer from BYU football following graduation in April, becoming another grad transfer for the Cougars. He played in nine games this season for BYU. Yeah, he was the backup to uh, freshman All-American James Empey. And fifth-ranked BYU men's volleyball hosts seventh-ranked Ohio State tonight, 9 Eastern, for the Cougars' season opener. BYU's picked to finish second in the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation behind UCLA. We'll talk with head coach Sean Olmstead later in the program. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. A report surfaced earlier this week via Vanquish the Foe, the SB Nation site for BYU fans, that point guard Jasheer Hardnett was seriously considering a transfer. In fact, that he was transferring. Well, we found out yesterday that Jasheer Hardnett is now back with the team and practicing for the BYU Cougars, and as we just told you, is available for this BYU basketball team. A lot of back and forth. We know he was unhappy. We know he missed some practices. But now the coach and the guard apparently are on the same page. So, Jerem, what do you make of Jasheer Hardnett now being at practice and available to play tonight? I'm happy to hear there was some communication and some reconciliation, apparently, uh, because he reportedly missed some practices and, and had left and was leaving. So this is good. I'm glad that Jashir Hardnett will finish the season with BYU. He has the option to potentially graduate and transfer, if he'd, if he'd like, after the, after the season, as does every player, right, um, in terms of transferring. But um, it, it's good. Communication, get on the same page, have an understanding. And we were somewhat surprised on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose Tuesday night where Dave Rose left the door open. He yes. said, right now is an emotional time, a hard time. There's lots of academics and, and whatnot. And I know that Josh Shear has had um, some things off the court that have been difficult for him to go through. So this has been a hard time for Josh Shear. But there was a conversation there. And now BYU's third-leading scorer is still on the team and going to play. Don't expect him to start tonight, and, and he could play tonight. It sounds like he's available, according to Dave Rose. But that I, I'm happy to see that they got on the same page. If Josh Shear had left, perhaps that was the best thing for him. I, don't, I can't make that call. But I'm, I'm glad to see that, in fact, we thought he was gone a day or two ago, according to the report, and now he's not. What's the status of BYU basketball as a team unit after all this? Here's what the coach said. Guys are all committed to each other and committed to the team. And one thing with this group is that uh, we've been through some hard stuff together, and uh, I think that that brings us... Uh, in a, sp- a place where, you know, we can kind of uh, rally around each other and try and help each other get through tough times. Yes, these things can be rallying points, and I think that Dave Rose did a really nice job handling all of this fallout when the report surfaced, not immediately caving there and announcing something official, but leaving the because, door well, open. It wasn't, it wasn't official. It That's wasn't why it official from the university. It wasn't official from athletics. Well, more importantly, it wasn't official from Jashir. And Jashir had not come out and said, yeah, I'm gone. So the door is left open, and here we are. He's back with the team and will probably play tonight against he was Portland. At, he was at practice yesterday. If he's practicing and he's with the team, and he's played in every game to date, then I would imagine we will see him. Now, Dave Rose did say that he doesn't think he'll start tonight. And he didn't start last week, and that was part of the issue. But he says he knows what I want, speaking of Coach Rose, and and Coach Rose knows specifically what Jasheer Hardnett wants. So the communication has happened, but I like that the door was left open. We thought it was a really small chance, and what do you know? That small chance turned into Jasheer Hardnett coming back to the team. We're pretty quick to uh, hear something and then assume that that's complete. Does that make sense? Human nature. So there's a report, hey, he's gone. Well, he's not, he's not gone till he's gone. And uh, there, was, there was a talk there and reconciliation. And it's hard to replace your third leading score and a solid defender. So I'm glad that Jasheer Hardnett is back on the team and hopefully uh, – it can work out for the rest of the season. And hopefully this becomes some kind of rallying point for BYU, as, as you heard Coach Rose. And Luke Worthington and TJ Haas, after Coach Rose, said that 
you know what? This team's together, and they're going to figure it out. You can be together and still struggle on the court, but you need to be together to be able to get through that a little easier together. And perhaps BYU makes some corrections and is a better team because of this. We'll and see. they're also not coming or playing on the road again after a month-long, brutal road right. trip. They finally get to play in front of their home fans. Two winnable games with Portland and Santa Clara, and then you play tough games at San Francisco and at Pepperdine. My goodness. Tonight, the men's basketball team plays at home, as you mentioned. First time in 29 days. 29? Wow. Yet, the men's volleyball team begins the season with 7th-ranked Ohio State at home as well. Two important contests. Spencer, who would a win be bigger for tonight? BYU men's hoops versus Portland? Or BYU men's volleyball versus 7th-ranked Ohio State? As much as I hope BYU men's volleyball absolutely crushes the soul of the Ohio State volleyball with everything that has happened within BYU basketball recently and with them being midseason and finally back home already in conference play, there's more riding on these home games for BYU basketball because of context and status and location of where they are in the season. So I'm going to give it to BYU men's basketball that it would be a bigger win for that team just because they need something positive. I mean, anything positive they need to get and hold on to and move forward. And hopefully this is the rallying cry that Dave Rose just talked about. It's not as big of a matchup per se, because you have two top 10 teams on the volleyball court, but who needs it the most and where it's in the season. That's BYU men's basketball for me. I understand all that. However, BYU always dominates Portland. They beat them by double digits. They're a 17-point favorite. BYU 7-0 as a league member against Portland. Ain't no thing. Oh, by the way, 17-plus tonight is the line. 17 is the line. So I say men's volleyball. This is a team that beat BYU in the national championship game three and two years ago. BYU won in Columbus by, in five sets last year. But this is a new-look men's volleyball team. They lost three All-Americans. And Brendan Sander playing in Italy now, Price Jarman playing in Brazil, and Leo Durkin playing in the Ninth Ward Chapel or something. Um, BYU needs this to set the tone for the season. They return Gabby Garcia Fernandez, All American. He's awesome. Davide Gardini, 6'9 outside hitter from Italy, is the new big deal. We'll talk to Sean Olmstead later in the show. But I expect BYU men's basketball to respond really well for this to be a rallying cry. And they. They'd beat Portland without Josh Shear. Like, they'd beat Portland. This has never been a contest at home, specifically for BYU and Dave Rose. So, to me, it's men's volleyball. Now, I gauge it this way. If BYU men's volleyball lost to Ohio State, how would that impact the season overall? It's the first match. It's not the, it's not the, the at home, it's not the, ma- the thing you want to set the tone no, with. No, yeah. but it's the first match. So, if it happens... They still have the rest of the season to play. If BYU basketball, heaven forbid, were to lose to Portland, can you imagine what that would do to that team? I can't because it's never happened as a exactly. conference member. So, I mean, we're talking. It ain't no thing. DEFCON 1 if BYU loses to Portland and goes to 9-9 nine and nine on the season and drop a game to the last place team in conference at home. It just, I feel like. They need. They are desperate for it. They are desperate for something good. BYU and, men's volleyball it's could perfect. lose, and it would be okay. The worst team in the league's in town. You beat them at home. Desperate no for thing. something good. Yeah. They don't have. They, BYU could play poorly and still win tonight. Jerem, you talked about how you're enjoying the transfer portal, and it is getting busier and busier. 
specific to BYU athletes. In fact, there have been five confirmed BYU football players that have announced they are transferring away, four of them as grad transfers. Riley Burt, Jacob Jimenez, Isaiah Armstrong, and Akile Davis, the four guys that will have degrees from BYU but still have a year of eligibility left as far as football goes. And then a little while back, Wayne Tay Kirby announcing that he also is going to transfer from BYU. That takes us to Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines, Keep Climbing. Jerem. Are these transfers from BYU football a big deal or no deal? No deal. That isn't to say these players are unimportant. They are important, for sure. They were and they are BYU Cougars. But um, if BYU is to benefit from potential transfers coming in, this is part of the deal, right? That guys leave. None of these players were starters, and that's probably part of the reason they're seeking an opportunity to play at a higher level. Certainly. And we wish them good luck. I I like all these guys. Great guys. Um, But... No deal because BYU is going to benefit from guys like this coming into the program potentially, whether it's grad transfers or straight-up transfers. The one exception to that, like you said, is Wayne Tay Kirby, who's leaving before he's graduating, so he'll have to sit out again unless he goes FCS or JUCO. So, yeah, I, I go no deal on this. Yeah, I, I don't know how much of an impact this will make on BYU's depth chart, except for the running back position. The Riley Burt one is a little strange because BYU has Lopini Katoa and then Tyler Algier. And Algier had a total of, I think, 49 rushing yards this season. Riley Burt does have some experience. Who knows if he'd be the third stringer, if he could work his way into the backup role behind Lopini Katoa. So that one hurts the running back depth a little bit. So I I waver on that specific position as a big deal because now BYU is kind of desperate to go find multiple running backs. And it's put them in a position where they have to look to the Juco ranks probably for a guy that can step in and contribute immediately. What if they don't find somebody that they really like, but they have to put somebody in that position or move somebody from a different position to that group to make up for that? Yeah, who's the next Matt Hadley? This kind of makes things a little bit more difficult for the coaches. So that one wavers on big deal for me, but everything else altogether, this is no deal. I'm happy for these guys that they have an opportunity to go and see something different and hopefully make a big impact in in new programs. But in terms of on the field – and how much of an impact this will make on BYU football. No, they're, they're transferring for a reason. They think they can fill a bigger role somewhere else, and BYU's going to handle it and, and I think be just fine overall. Yeah, so there you go. Now, the real question is, can BYU be ready in how many days? The countdown to the youths. It's a long ways away, man. Which surprises me because you're all in on this. I am. It doesn't mean it's not far away, though. Those are two different ideas. I know, but typically you've been like, ah, oh, we're so far away. Well, it wasn't Utah. <laughs> I love change, thinking about the prospect of everything. playing Utah in Provo with Zacharias Wilson. Yeah. as a th- On a Thursday night. Yeah. I could think about you know a win against Western Michigan. Yay. Or I could think about playing Utah at home. Well, yeah. the way that BYU beat Western Michigan has you even more excited for what happens 231 days. I'm excited to see the BYU Tigers take on the Utah Utes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Question of the day. BYU football was given a B-grade for the 2018 football season that ended with a 
decisive victory over Western Michigan in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. USA Today releasing those grades. Is the B-minus too high, too low, or just right? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Voilisi64 on Instagram. Too high. BYU blew some very winnable games despite what people said would happen after certain personal changes. A C. I think B- minus is probably spot on because BYU's coming off 4-9. and nine. The hope was to get back to a bowl game. It wasn't to win eight or nine games. And they won the bowl game, and they beat two Power 5 teams on the road. And the thing that reset the expectations in the season was, okay, we're going to play a freshman quarterback because our senior's not playing well enough. So we need, we need a change of pace. So I think B-minus is spot on, given the expectations. Now, nationally, zooming in on BYU, yeah, maybe C is probably a better grade. But internally, I go, eh, B-minus, yeah. Yeah. Oh, worse. Plus, C I plus. was used to walking out of the testing center looking at a B-minus and go, yeah, okay. A B-minus yeah. at BYU, pretty darn good. Hey, I, I crushed yes. that test. Yeah, pretty pretty darn good. <laughs> I wasn't used to seeing better than that. <laughs> Coming up, and one picks for the Portland game. BYU's favored by 17. And former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland joins us next. How does communication between a player and a coach in adverse situations strengthen a team we'll ask him this is BYU Sports Nation Big Deal No Deal presented by Delta Airlines keep climbing BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere tonight the men's basketball team returns home after a five game road swing to face Portland in the West Coast Conference home opener. Pre-game starts at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. With the game at 9 Eastern on the radio and BYU TV. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch the show whenever you feel like it. Just go to BYUSN.com. Our question of the day. BYU football was graciously given a B-minus grade for the 2018 football season by USA Today. Is that grade too high, too low, or just right? At Ames Flames on Twitter says, Look, I was an A-minus average student, but when I got a C in math, I was thrilled. Math is hard. With the schedule BYU played, we should be pretty happy with a B-minus. It was hard. That's right. The curve is uh, pretty high. The Give bell me. curve is such that well, a B minus is actually a B plus. Yeah, and B Y. Remember those classes you'd have like the guy that would mess up the curve or girl. Yes, you'd be like, yes, come on, you're ruining for the rest of Help us. Help us out. Please. Why don't you just mail it in occasionally? Please. You know, at one point I got like a 66 on a test, and that was like a B plus. And I'm thinking, I got 66 percent, and that turned out to be a B plus. Hey, teacher, maybe it's a little too hard. Was Utah State? That person on the schedule this year, where it's like, whoa, what? And then later we go, oh, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. Yeah. They were pretty good. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is former BYU basketball coach Steve Cleveland, friend of the program. Coach Cleve, glad to have you with us on a game day. How are you? Um, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks. Well, I think we're all uh, happy to see the Jasheer Hardnett situation work out such that he is back with the team when it looked pretty bleak. He obviously took the spotlight this week with that report that he would transfer, but has practice, and Dave Rose says he's available tonight. When a coach and player communicates through adverse circumstances like that, what 
does it do for their relationship and for the team? You know, first of all, I think everybody just just have the context that you play at this level, you coach at this level, there's a lot of competitive people. And I think with Kashir, he's had a really good year. Uh, uh, you know, 10, 11 points a game. He can defend the ball. I've been really pleased. And so when I heard that, uh, I was surprised. But I also wasn't surprised to hear that he wouldn't be leaving because that's what's what you do as a coaching staff. That's what you do as captains. And you get together and you talk through these things and decisions are made, just like a family. Sometimes things are said that are inappropriate. And, and unfortunately, we live in a world in sports today that everything's so transparent. I don't know how it all played out. But I know that Coach Rose has – this is something that he privately dealt with and sat down with him and whatever the circumstances were. I knew something was a little bit wrong in the St. Mary's game when Jashir didn't play. And I have no idea what happened. But to me, in the back of my mind, probably something was said. And, you know, Coach is, – is, he's in charge of that culture. And it's a respected culture. They've had great success over the years. Just like any family, sometimes mistakes are made. We get back on the same page. And we move on, and we get better. And I and I think that's what's happening here. Uh, it, it, I know it seems when it's going on, it's it's a, it's a little bit muddy. But at the end of the day, it's right where it should be. Just sure with this team, I, he, the teammates love him. He loves being there. Sometimes mistakes are made, and you, but you just move on. You, you develop that relationship. You had a relationship. Coach Rose has a great relationship with those guys, and he worked through it. So I think it's a positive thing. And uh, it'll it'll bring them closer together. Steve, give us some insight, generally speaking, as a longtime former coach, into how often conversations with players are happening when perhaps they are disgruntled with their role and expectation on a regular basis. Yes, you're going to have that. You know, you go and recruit these young people. Some of them uh, progress and develop quicker than others. Sometimes you bring in a young player and he's special and you're, you're having to monitor that and, and work through that daily. There's no question. That's why you have assistant coaches as well who have relationships. You have captains. But I think between a head coach and young people in a program, you, you understand as you go about recruiting them. And it's not like you when you go out and recruit that you're telling them things that aren't true. You're going, hey, you have an opportunity to play here. But at the end of the day, they have to compete and do the things and obviously accept the culture and this is how we do things. This is what we do here. This is what we're about. And when people kind of step out of line to that, and then sometimes, you know, there has to be a little bit of correction. But it is tough because everybody has a role. Everybody has expectation. And then we're dealing with the, the AAU coach, the high school coach, and the parents and the aunt and uncle. It's just the nature of what we do. You try to manage it the best you can. But at the end of the day, coaches are going to play the guys that need to help the team win. And you can have great conversations with young people to help them understand that. When they don't accept that, then they leave sometimes. And that happens in every school in America. Just sometimes it happens. That's just how it plays out. But uh, very normal, very much a part of collegiate athletics. And, uh, and I'm, you know, I, I know Coach Rose very well. And I can almost kind of, without knowing all the facts, I kind of know how it played out. And, and we move on. Coach, BYU hasn't played a home game in basically a month, 29 days five games clearly they are more comfortable and better at home this season seven and one overall the only loss to houston who's a top 20 team and undefeated and one and six on the road how much of an impact will returning home tonight and playing in the marriott center mean and make to this team well they'll be more comfortable there they'll shoot the ball better you know i think it's also an opportunity to come home breathe a little bit 
They've had good practices. Everything I'm hearing is they've had very competitive practices. Uh, this is a team that had expectations set upon them. You know, they set their own expectations on what they wanted to do. It hasn't quite worked out that way. So what a great opportunity tonight, Saturday night, to get a couple of wins at home. Not to say you're just going to show up and get them, but just compete and and fix some of the things that uh, haven't been as good as they should have been and, and, and kind of get that confidence back because the next three games they've got, you know, they're playing the three best teams in the league. USF and St. Mary's and Gonzaga at home. USF, of course, being on the road. So these two games will do a lot to get the mindset right, get people on the same page, restore some confidence, and play in front of your home fans. The Cougars have had great success against Portland, uh, probably the worst team in the league at the moment. BYU's a 17-point favorite in this. Ken Palm, 93% chance to win. So what kind of threat, if any, is Portland tonight against BYU? Well, they have to contain the dribble. Uh, you know, Marcus Shaver and JoJo Walker are six-two guards that can get into the teams and can score. Yeah, Portland is is a team that has some limitations. They don't have the depth. Uh, they need to break people down off the dribble. If BYU doesn't defend the ball, then it can it can be a real competitive game. I don't think that's going to happen. I think over a period of time that BYU will wear them down. They don't have the depth. They don't have the size. They do have some size, but it's young and inexperienced. This is a game where Yoli needs to go to work. The one thing about Portland is they they do play a lot of junk defenses, so it will be important for BYU to be patient and not be in a hurry. But when they do have an opportunity to, to run with pace and break on transition baskets through rebounding or turnovers, they need to take advantage of that. And their confidence will, will, will be gained. And I just don't see Portland uh, in this game in the second half I think BYU gets away from it, and, and, and they win this game rather easily at the end. What do you mean by junk defenses? Well, they'll, they'll go box and one. They'll go triangle and two. Uh, they'll go first possession, you know, first pass, stay in a zone. Second pass, we're in man-to-man, or do vice versa. They'll be in man-to-man, then on the first or the second pass, they're back into a zone. And so it's hard to identify what they're doing, and you might be running your man-to-man sets, all of a sudden realize you're, you're looking at a 1-3-1 one, one zone. And so it's important that the guards recognize that, see that, don't get in a hurry. And, uh, and, the, and a good thing to do against people who are changing defenses is get that thing pounded inside, make them collapse, and then no matter what you, you run, you'll have open threes or open mid-range shots. So that's what Portland does. A lot of teams will do that coming out of timeouts. Portland will do it throughout the game. I think Spencer should have been on the practice squad this week because he was used to being the guy that was boxed and won in high school at Northridge. So. We're both laughing, Jerem, because that's ridiculous. You were actually the one defending the one because you were a lockdown defender. Indeed, I, I, I was the defender guy. Uh, Coach, you, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, when you do in practice, you, you simulate the other team. And, and I, I could see Spencer being the guy that is the boxing one guy running around, but not on a starting team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for that compliment. <laughs> yeah. Question mark? Yeah. Coach, uh, again, we'll finish with this. If you were addressing BYU basketball tonight and wanted to motivate them and get them excited about opportunity that lies ahead, given that they have had to readjust their goals and expectations, what would you say to them? You know, the first thing I told him was I told him I love him and I love being their coach, and I've loved the effort in practice. And uh, we got to sometimes go through hard things, but don't lose your confidence. And I tell them how good they were, 
And I would tell them to just stay with the game plan and have each other's back. And, and it's kind of us against the world, you know. And sometimes you, you, you've got a, everything going on with fans and media and, and all the different entities out there. It's like sometimes that can really bring you together as a team. And that unity and that solidarity is, is what I would be talking about in the game. Listen, they can play. There have been nights when they haven't been as good as they would have liked to have been or maybe that coaching staff or the fans wouldn't like. But they have the ability there. And I think more than anything, don't walk off this floor and say you didn't give everything you have. So that's the approach I would take. And I'm sure Coach Rose will have something far better than that. But uh, uh, I, have, I have great trust and belief in Coach Rose and what he's done there over the years. And not because we work together, but just because you look at his body of work. And nobody likes losing. Nobody likes losing. And uh, I, I, they'll, they'll turn this thing around, and uh, tonight's a great night to have a feel-good afterwards. Always great to talk to you. As a reminder, if you need a lockdown defender for your uh, City League team, give me a call, Coach. Uh, I'll, I'll see <laughs> what I can it, do. Buddy. Okay, thanks, Coach. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And Steve was a baller at UC Irvine. Not many people know that. He was an anteater. Had these uh, had this long hair. It was yeah, great. It's, we're probably due to send out the, the pictures of Steve yeah. Cleveland as a college basketball afternoon. player. Yeah, that, 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 that needs to happen at least once a year. <laughs> Coming up, BYU Volleyball opens its season tonight in a big way, hosting number 7 Ohio State. Head coach Sean Olmstead will join us. I like to extend my lead in and one over Jerem as well. Will he go on the path of no resistance to score easy points tonight? No, I'm going hard. Really? Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. I only go one speed, dude. BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano is your place for Cougar Sports with a social media twist. In the latest episode, they look ahead to 2021. What will Spencer and I look like? And why 2021? Watch, <laughs> I have no idea. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Yeah, I'm intrigued. As opposed to Why that year? Yeah. Why, why that year? Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with another look at today's headlines. Tonight is a what night, Jerem? Ball night! Mm-hmm. BYU men's basketball hosting Portland. Head coach Dave Rose says Jasheer Hartnett is available for tonight's game. Coach Rose also said the two are both on the same page. Sheer and I talk every week, and we have long conversations, and we've we've got a a really good relationship as far as understanding each other. And uh, I I know exactly uh, what he wants, and he knows exactly what I want, and uh, we're both committed to the same thing. So uh, looking forward to moving on. No transfer. He's staying for now. Coverage of tonight's game begins at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. Watch it live, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Early Childs is on the Lute Olsen Award midseason watch list, given to the nation's best player. Childs is averaging 21 points per game and 10 boards. BYU football center Jacob Jimenez announced via his Twitter account that he will transfer away from BYU following his graduation in April. That is the fifth transfer that we know about. Four of those are as graduate transfers. And fifth-ranked men's volleyball hosts seventh-ranked The Ohio State tonight, 9 Eastern, for the Cougars' season opener. BYU's picked to finish second in the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation. It's time for And One, Jerem. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. To mail it in or not to mail it in? We give two picks. The first is worth two, and if we get that one right, then we can pick up the extra point with our second pick. Current standings have me with an 8-2 to two lead. Jerem. I've been mailing it in for most of my life, so I'm pretty comfortable in that situation. <laughs> uh, my two-pointer. The line is 17, so 
I'm doing it. BYU by 17 plus. You want to go with the curse? Or have we determined that it doesn't exist in basketball? It doesn't exist. Okay. Come on. Okay. It's a thing. It's a thing. And one. And my and one pick. Nick Emery be, will be one of the top three scorers for BYU. Ooh. This doesn't seem that crazy, right? But it kind of is. He's the sixth leading scorer currently for Brigham Young. Okay. Fair enough. My two-pointer. BYU as a team will score 85-plus points. They average, they average 85 as a team at home, but have only scored f- over 85 four times in their home run. So it's, In the seven matchups against Portland at home. It's, it's going to be close. They're so saying they'll be perfectly average tonight. It's going to be close. Am I and one? I'm with you. I'm on the Nick Emery train. I think he scores in double figures. He's averaging yeah. eight points a game. At home this season, I think he gets to double figures tonight. If BYU is to, uh, yeah, take down Portland by 17-plus, Nick Emery would score in double figures. You would think, right? You'd think. You would think. All right, that wraps up our and one picks for BYU in Portland tonight. (laughs) And uh, I was going to do BYU by 10-plus, but I I didn't think that was I was expecting something like that. I was expecting something like that. I probably should, but I'm not. Watch them win by 16 and score 85 exactly. 85 exactly and by 16. That would be unbelievable. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. Uh, it's fun how it works out that way sometimes. Well, or not so well, fun. It's not going to. Yeah. Tonight, so, yeah. Question of the day to BYU football. The Cougars given a B-minus grade for the 2018 football season via USA Today. Is that B-minus grade too high, too low, or just right? At YSoup Answers on Twitter. Getting to a bowl game was the goal. They won the bowl game and upset Wisconsin. BYU exceeded expectations, but didn't blow them out, meaning blow out expectations. B-minus seems about right. Yeah, it seems like, are you looking at the 3-1 and one BYU that was ranked 20th? Then I could see where 7-6 and six could be disappointing. But if, if you're looking at preseason expectations, then, yeah, I, I think B-minus is pretty good. Coming up, it's number 5 versus number 7 tonight in men's volleyball. Will the Cougars benefit tonight with home court advantage against the Buckeyes? I'm confident that they will. Huge matchup. Love it. Head coach Sean Olmstead gives us his thoughts live in studio next. You know he brought the swag. He's back. BYU Sports Nation. Got some level of neon, of course. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow night, the 24th-ranked Jim Katz of BYU Gymnastics host third-ranked Utah in the Marriott Center. Watch it live on BYU TV and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day, which is BYU football was given a B-minus grade, according to USA Today. Is that grade too high, too low, or just right? At Binskid on Instagram. Seems about right. If an average season is a C, they did just a little above average with the bull win. I'll take that. Answer the question 24-7. A little overage average. Overage. A little overage average? Okay. All right. A little overage average. That's o- my life. Overage? In a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have taken B minus, like as a, a, you're walking out of the testing center? Yes. You were academic all state. Now, the first time you and I were in the same place yes. was when Copper that Hills. That we know of. Yeah. Um, 2000 state title game, you were on the court being honored for academic all state, yes. and I was in the Copper Hills student section watching us win the state title, not on the court. I was but, angry. Yeah, and, and I saw you and I thought, I want a sports show with that guy in a few years. Amazing. No, I, don't, I didn't. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 18 years The ago. Event Center in uh, 2000. 
Northridge Knights. Yeah. Yeah. With that voiceover guy. I mainly remember them saying Copperhills won the state title. Oh, that was my number one. Uh, okay. Shout out to Garner Meads. I was standing next to Garner, former BYU basketball player, yeah. receiving that award. Yeah, so, yeah. He, uh, he lost the game. Uh, I would love to bring in our next guest uh, with the following modifier or qualifier that he successfully traversed the jungle that is Chick-fil-A in Utah County on a Friday night. Uh, he was in and out like a thief in the night. That Amazing. could be anybody. It is a scary place. For families on a Friday night. His name is Sean Olmstead, the head volleyball coach at BYU. Hello, Sean. Welcome, my friend. Gentlemen, thanks for having me here, as always. And yeah. it was uh, great to see you last weekend, your family, your beautiful wife and kids. And uh, you. you survived as well, I think. Yes. Barely. You Barely. don't have the top button, so, you know, you no. kind of had to open it, relax. Little you know, do you know get... that when you left, I was like, Sean, please take me with you. <laughs> <laughs> I got in that line, and I told my wife, no, we're just going to park. I'm going to run in. I'm going to take one for the team right now. Hold on. Hold tight. Yes. Well played. Well played. Well, it's exciting to have you in here because that means the men's volleyball season is upon us. It's yes. 2019, and you have this really easy contest against a no-name team tonight. Uh, Ohio State. You scheduled a big-time matchup in the first one. Um, this is a return game from last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so what a way to start the season. Yeah, here we go. Uh, it's really exciting. You know, I, I thought you were going to say that, you know, that we started off strong and, you know, really tough with last weekend's alumni. But, um, no, we Which are we'll, going to. we need to address it in a <laughs> we'll, No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely. Ohio State. I mean, uh, what a great program. What an outstanding coach. Uh, Pete's done a, just a remarkable job of consistency and just competitive groups and year in and year out there in the mix. And so it's exciting to have them here in Provo and they're equally as excited. They haven't been here for a while. So um, it was a great opportunity for us to go out there last year and have them here. Let's discuss the alumni match because your team got through it healthy. Uh-huh. All's well there. Yeah. It was Saturday. Your coaching staff didn't get through with good health. Specifically, Devin Young apparently broke his finger. He broke his finger. He's got to have surgery Monday. What? And, and you know, oh. weeks going up to it, or you know, when we when we started to plan it, people, oh, are you gonna play, Sean? Are you gonna play? And I'm like, no, it's just somebody is gonna get hurt. And so my our our scouting report with our guys was, don't get hurt. If there's anything question, you know, a tight play. Let it drop. We'll, we'll, we'll lose the point. We're okay with that, you know. And, but I kept harping all the time. Hey, something's going to happen. No, no, we're fine. We can play. We'll, we'll compete. Come play libero. No, someone's going to get hurt. And sure enough, he uh, surgery on Monday. <laughs> His options were today or Monday. And uh, so he's got that lined up for, for Monday. Hey, DY's all in, man. Yeah, and let's But he did play well. He did play well. Served go. a bunch of aces. Still got Stuffed it. the guys uh, a couple times. So, you know, kind of uh, – you know, fluffed his feathers a little with the boys. Yeah, and so yeah. I, we enjoyed that. Everyone enjoyed that. Nice. Let's talk about your coaching staff because you replaced two significant assistant coaches, Lucas Labe with USA Women's now and Jalen Reyes with Nebraska Women's. They were yeah. the national runner-up. Devin Young, former player, and then Micah Naone, who was kind of a volunteer assistant mm-hmm. coach. They're your two assistants. How is yeah. that going? No, great. You know, Luca and Jay and I, we had, uh, we had a good thing going for so many years. And, I mean, those guys know, I think, the world of them. And both of them were former Cougars. And so... Uh, Jay, look at the success he's had at Nebraska. So exciting. And, and Luca's doing a great job with USA. And uh, so definitely it was a, a transition for a, us as a staff, even the players, you know, new faces. You come, you come in, to, in, in the fall ready to go, and it's a brand new staff. And so it was nice for us to get an alum on board in Devon. 
Micah was with us at a as a volunteer. And so, yeah, young coaching staff, no doubt. So, you know, we're, we're learning through the process and uh, we're sitting down every day discussing, hey, how we can do things, how we can do things better, what we need to do better. And uh, it's so it's a lot on me to, to try to help them and mentor them. And uh, I feel that the discussions and the communication amongst us is, is going really well. Now, if it weren't enough to have major roster shakeup with your staff, <laughs> you lost the likes of All-Americans Brendan Sander, Price Charman, and Leo Durkin. Yeah. So what's the makeup of the 2019 BYU men's volleyball team like with so much turnover? Yeah, you know, that's I, I, people ask that a lot, and I talk about those guys, Leo, Price, and Brent, for, for how many years now have those been just, you know, kind of the Mount Rushmore there every season when you come into the Smith Fieldhouse. There's Leo, there's Price, and Brent uh, that have been, you know, just the – I, the model of consistency, competitiveness, leadership. And so it is a new group, a younger group. And so we're excited about the opportunities. I look at that as opportunities for other guys to grow and to learn and to, to also develop. And so we've had some guys like Gabby filled a large role last year that's you know now more vocal. Last year, he let his play kind of do the talking, and it's fun to watch him get a little more vocal in his interactions and practice with the players. And you know, there's, there's guys like Will Stanley that have been in our program, Zach, you know our middles as well Mickey and Felipe and so there there is faces that people will will recognize but definitely when you lose those guys uh that those those guys on your roster when they're for so many years what they've done for this program it is going to be new and so I, I look at it as very exciting for all of us I'm excited to see uh Davide Gardini the six foot nine Italian outside his dad was a three-time Olympian how'd you get Davide Gardini to Provo yeah, that goes back. His dad was, uh, you know, goes back a long time back to kind of when Giuseppe was starting to work in 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 the league in in Italy. Your former and, statistician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our former statistician. Uh, and so he he was on some staffs where uh, Davide's dad was kind of towards the end of his playing career, and then into his coaching career, um, working with the national team. Giuseppe was on the bench with Italy in the in in the Olympic Games. Uh, with Davide's dad on staff. And so he, he's known him since uh, he was kind of learning to walk. And, you know, we never thought anything of it. And then over time, you know, we, we knew about Davide. Luca also with his connections to Europe would hear more and more about Davide as he was progressing. And so there was a good um, connection and kind of a good pipeline there for us to talk to him about coming to the United States to get a degree. He's an outstanding student, very driven, um, and and so he looked at it as, hey, there's opportunities for him to progress professionally over there, but this is an opportunity for me to go get a degree, play good volleyball, competitive volleyball, and then take my career from there. And that international pipeline is uh, strong. I think you have, uh, what, Brazil, Finland, and yeah. Italy. And, yeah, I was yeah. going to stop by that Provo flag store on Center Street and get, <laughs> get a bunch of pins for my shirt tonight. You Puerto know, Rico, we got fin, yeah. Finland, represent. Puerto Rico, Brazil, and that, Italy. It's been yes. a staple of the program for a long time. But it always is, has. It's yes. scouring the world. Yes, it always has. You know, you look at the, the, the initial team that won a national championship the first time ever with Carl, Ossie Antonetti, Hector Lebron, and then you had the Jaime Maiol, Joaquin Acosta come. Then you began to get the, the Carlos Moreno, the Brazilian pipeline, Rafael Paul, Fernando Pessoa. And so you've had a consistent Puerto Rican pipeline, the Brazilian pipeline pretty good. And we've always had a pretty consistent European pipeline, you know, back to Luca and, uh, and players even before Luca that were coming over from Europe. And I'm sure someone will get mad at me that I forgot about them. But, uh, you know, there's been a handful. Bulgaria, of Germany, yeah, yeah, Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah, Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tim, Tim from Dauber. Germany. Yeah. So I love you guys. 
guys didn't, you know, but yeah, it's been consistent and yeah, we're covering the world. And so that's great. BYU head volleyball coach Sean Olmstead with us on BYU Sports Nation. Perhaps this is a silly question, but given the roster shakeup and with the staff turnover, how do your goals get modified this season? Because recently it's been win the national championship. How does that change? Yeah, I don't think those things factor into us as a team because we're still, you know, we're still a part of this group. We're still a part of this team. I don't think those things factor into the decisions, you know, the, and the goals that we set as a team because we, we want to do all that we can to be consistent, to, to continue the, you know, the competitiveness of this program and, uh, and be able to go and, you know, suit up against the best teams, compete with those teams. And when you, so when you look at, hey, staff changes here and there, roster changes, well, let's take a, a, a step back. The guys, they don't want to. They're chomping at the bit. They want to continue. That's why they came here to BYU. And so we look at that, and I think every year you've got to look at your team, and it is important to be realistic. I don't think you throw out these crazy things and crazy ideas. Let's, let's, let's be smart. Let's think about the, the, the season as a whole. It's a process. You, yeah. you guys get sick of hearing that, but it is. You know, we can, It doesn't matter how you start the season. We've got time. We've got uh, practice time. How much improvement can we make over the next four or five months to continue to better ourselves and put ourselves in a position where, at the end, we're competing for a national championship? BYU and Ohio State tonight, 9 Eastern, in the Smithfield House. Let's finish with this. This is our first time talking to you post-Final Four for Heather and the women's team. Oh, yeah. Uh, what were your emotions like seeing them go to the Final Four and just having this spectacular season? No, I mean, so happy. I, I mean, look at the... Just what a great season, what an outstanding program, the staff, the players, so many just so excited for them. And I, I was telling every, we were in, you were texting me and we were in Pepperdine and I was telling all the, we were playing some other college coaches and, and club directors. I'm like, no, BYU is going to sweep Texas. No, they're not. No, no, no they might win. They're not going to, no, they're going to sweep Texas. I'm telling you right now. So I was texting them all night, 1130 at night, like told you, you know, they said they're going to put it on them. And I, I was, I was confident they were going to beat Stanford. I thought it'd be a little more difficult match, but you know, hey, they're going to put it on them. They're going to compete. That's what that team and and it comes from their staff down. You know, you you put Heather in a room. She's gonna, yeah. Uh, my money's always on her, and uh, you know, she's that goes into the girls. And so so exciting. What a run. The fans, the the environment, just the Smithfield House. And so we hope that. I mean, geez, everyone's asked me, hey, is it tough to start right now after them? And I said, hey, that team is phenomenal they're spectacular and uh they are better than we are right now <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm all credit to them and let's see I, I, you know egg everybody on let's see if we can uh kind of take uh, take up from where they left off yeah it's a volleyball school yeah it's a volleyball yep. school yes <laughs> it's hard to argue that man absolutely high is. level volleyball happening on a consistent basis football is also it's also football. sean good luck tonight thank you guys yeah Give you some, uh, sports nation karma for the matchup with yeah. uh, the ohio and for State. the whole season Very have, you, have you signed our sailor coop i did flag? i did last time i mean i can sign it okay, you oh, came in I in the is this this is a new this one? A new this one. is a new oh, one, man. Then, then I'm all this over is, that. Okay, we yeah. need you to, we can, we need you to sign two signatures, whatever. Yeah. They're worth. All, you could sell it down the road. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we'll say this is Sean by Sean Olmstead. Do you want to buy this? Yeah, yeah. I, I will say this. Coach is talking about texting guys and giving them a hard time. If you decide to go full public profile on social media at any point, no. you're, you're going to be an excellent follow. I'll do that one day when the mustache comes back. 
then we blow Ooh, it up. Okay. <laughs> so this May. Very exciting. Thanks, Sean. Love okay, it. Thanks. Coming up, why did Jimmer Fredette come off the bench in the last game with the Sharks? And a top five finish for BYU for fall sports. Details on that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. The Ohio State tonight. Let's go. Shout out to today's guest, BYU men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead, most recently. And just before him, former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland on Dave Rose, Jasheer Hardnett, and the current state of BYU basketball. If you miss any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We'll have to find time for you tomorrow. Wait, what? Is he on the show tomorrow? It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Looks like I'm going to be sick. After five <laughs> games away from Provo, BYU's back in the Marriott Center Dose, Portland tonight. The Cougars 7-0 in Provo against the Pilots as fellow West Coast Conference members. Pre-game, 8 Eastern on BYU Radio. The game on BYU TV as well starts at 9 Eastern. Yoli, don't call me Yoeli, Childs was named to the mid-season watch list for the 2018-19 Lute Olson Award and the 2018-19 Lou Henson Award. The Lute Olson Award given to the nation's top Division I player in college basketball. The Lou Henson Award is given to the nation's top mid-major player. Oh, that's new. Football. Backup center Jacob Jimenez announced via Twitter he will grad transfer from BYU after his April graduation. Volleyball. BYU opens their season tonight. Hosting Ohio State, 9 Eastern. BYU currently ranked number 5 in the ABCA coaches poll. Ohio State, just behind them, number 7. Athletics News. BYU finished 5th in the Learfield Directors' Cup standings at the conclusion of the fall season. Tied for the highest finish in school history. That takes into account all the fall sports, big time. Women's basketball. On the road tonight, trying to stay perfect in West Coast Conference play at Pacific. The Cougars are also on a six-game winning streak overall. The game will be broadcast on the W.TV at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain. Jimmer! Burnett came off the bench for the Sharks as he is recovering from a cold, scoring 22 in the loss for the Sharks in China. 22 with a goal. Fredette's also a Chinese Basketball Association All-Star for the third straight year. He'll participate in the game this weekend. Color me shocked. BYU men's and women's track teams will host the BYU Indoor Invitational from today through Saturday. BYU and Westminster will participate in the meet. Today's Rise and Shout goes to the fall sports, Jerem. Cross-country teams, football, volleyball, soccer, outstanding. Great. Cross-country, all those good. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years. Is the B-minus grade too high, too low, or just right for BYU football at BYU underscore game day on Twitter? Article says it was based off preseason expectations. Weren't we supposed to go 4-8 and eight or 5-7 and seven based off those rules? Let's say BYU deserved a B-plus or an A-minus because they overachieved by at least a few wins. Okay, I'll take it. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout-out to Lucas Slabe. Go Cougs.